Hello, and welcome to the Three Will Podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan. I have my co-host here with me, Tommy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Danny. Good great. morning. Yeah, I missed, missed getting together last week. It's, uh, it's nice having some little bit of time sitting down with you every week. It's a nice thing. Yeah. yeah this week, I wanted to, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a follow-up from other conversations that we've had, and just wanted to spend a little bit more time on it, uh, which is talking about creating a lifestyle business. Um, when I describe sort of the, we, we've talked about like the history of the company and, and sort of the evolution of the company over time. And I think one of the things that has had an impact on us as a business, as far as where we are today is this underlying goal for us to create a lifestyle business. I guess just to kick this whole thing off, what, when I say a lifestyle business, what, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I don't even think about creating a lifestyle business. Um, type business, more of a, a business that supports a work-life balance, uh-huh. you know, kind of your personal goals, your work goals, career goals, and um, kind of keeping a balance between those two that it's not all about work, um, but it's also, you know, it, it requires a commitment to work, mm-hmm. um, but your leading room margin for, you know, your family or significant others in your life. Um, and the other aspect is being able to enjoy where you work, creating a good company culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I think, I think we all think about, um, are we keeping a great culture at Free Will? And I think a part of that great culture, you know, includes work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And those two aspects together, you know, to me, probably define, you know, a lifestyle business um, at a high level. Is this, this seems like it would be, you know, consulting is a tough business. Mm-hmm. You're you're constantly having to reinvent yourself. You're trying. You're trying. You need to stay ahead of your of your customer becoming out. You know, and so it's it's in itself is a very difficult business to be in. Um, how does that How does that factor into you know that that's the core business that we're in and continuing to keep a balance um, and creating an environment where people can stay balanced in that environment. You've got to be very intentional about how you structure a company Uh that um, will be a lifestyle type business. Um, I think when you look at, as you say, consulting, it really goes against the grain of a lifestyle business in a lot of aspects because the economic engine is the more you work, the more money you get. And as part of the business, the, the existence of a business is you know, creating, uh, you know, profit. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at um, how do you create more profit, well, you work more hours. Um, but that doesn't really play into well to a work-life balance. Yeah. Um, so we have been very intentional about how we set up utilization, how do we set up, you know, how people take vacation, um, what roles people play in the organization so uh-huh. they have enough margin to play the roles that they have outside of projects. Okay. So those are kind of the important aspects to say, okay, we've got this goal. It's a reasonable goal to a- achieve. And at that goal, we're healthy as an organization. If we go beyond that, we're going to go out of balance. And so let's be careful about the incentives we put in place that bring us beyond what we think is a good target to be healthy 
and, and um, be able to function well as an organization. That's great. I, I want to dive into a little bit deeper into these, into these different aspects. The, the first one I'd like to get into is with the roles, how, do you, how, do, how have we set this up so that, um, let's say, somebody who's like a principal consultant has time that's on projects and then has time that may, may be doing pre-sales and may be doing other activities. How do we structure the utilization to allow for that to occur? Yeah, we just do some simple math. We yeah. look at, all right, how much time do we need on average from someone playing a principal consultant role to be in sales and marketing type activities and kind of inspect to what that really is, you know, year after year and calibrate to, okay, we need um, eight hours a week to support sales and marketing functions. Mm -hmm. So we will adjust the goal to say, let's provide that margin for the person that's doing that more often. Now, everybody works on sales and marketing activities. Everybody's doing blog posts. Everybody Mm -hmm. will occasionally go to a sales call but we ask of our principals more time towards that. So we've given some margin to allow them to do the activities that help feed mm-hmm. that next project. Because if they put all that time and energy towards just billing, that's great for the existing projects, but where's the next project come from? Yep. And so their expectation is, you know, is the a certain number of hours, less something less than 40 for billable, and then a certain other portion of hours, the expectation is to be working on pre-sales and other activities that That's they right. have out there. So it's almost like they can, uh, on a weekly basis, be think, looking at what hours they're spending towards what and making sure that they're, they're allocating their hours appropriately. Right. I think naturally a consultant will just think about how many hours am I billing? Yeah. Um, and we constantly have to remind people that we are carving out time. We are saying eight hours. So, you know, when there are times that the principal consultant needs to help, um, we try to take away that stress of, well, I need a bill. Well, we, we've set aside time to do this activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's accounted for and, and we can um, do that without impacting the overall team. Because we do have a team goal. I mean, everybody gets compensated on our variable comp based mm-hmm. on the company making the utilization. So there's a, a tension that yeah. I want to make my goal because I don't want to impact the rest of the team. Um, so we want to make sure that we're adjusting those goals based on where you are and the roles that you play in the organization. And we have one person in our organization that is putting some effort towards supporting our interns. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, three interns this summer. Two of them are technical interns, and the technical. Oh, Austin's interns, pretty technical too. He's getting technical. I'm, yes. I'm bringing him over well, to the I dark saw side. Well, I just got certified in Google AdWords. Yeah. So that's, that's more than what I have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he, you know, he needs to invest some time there. Yeah. Um, so we are carving out a, a certain amount of time so he can invest into the intern so they can have a positive experience and we can have more progress in what they accomplish this summer. I, I think that's key because if, if, if you just keep on, you know, adding these uh, expectations and roles to people that they're that, that on, on them and you're not really factoring that into their work week, then you just, that you overwhelm people, I think. Right. So I think it's, it's important that, you know, there is, you set this expectation of saying, hey, um, you know, it's going to take some time for you to go do this. 
So we're going to pull some time out of your utilization that you would typically be spending on projects to go and do this. Right. I mean, we have on average, we're, you know, we, we think people are doing things outside of buildings. So we yes. create some of that margin, you know, to do kind of those day-to-day things outside of billing. Mm-hmm. It's when we get to a point where oh, we're going to intentionally pull you into a lot of activity that's going to take away yep. from your time to build. And we say, we need to adjust that so you can half your work-life balance. Great. Um, the other thing I want to talk about that sort of relates to this is how does, uh, I think you mentioned it, was how does PTO factor into this and also a little bit about um, BTO as well. I think that's okay. that helps with understanding our culture. And so maybe let's talk about that for okay. a while. Okay, so PTO, um, when we... And this is, we've changed this over time. We've kind of inspected it and adapted. (laughs) Um, We originally had a utilization goal, and it was based on, you know, this is the goal for the year and total hours, and let's just break it up and spread it across week after week. Uh Um, So, you know, when you were working, you would go way above that because, you know, we spread that across the year. But when you would take vacation, all of a sudden your utilization would go down. Mm -hmm. So we adjusted it where when you're taking, you know, PTO or there's a holiday, that counts as an eight-hour day. That's not, you know, necessarily uh, rocket science or Mm -hmm. other consulting organizations do that. But we we made that adjustment, kind of being new to how to run a consulting business. Um, We said that's not creating work-life balance because if someone is um, right on the edge of making their utilization goal, and then they've got an important family thing to do, and it requires you know PTO to take that. Then they're in this tough decision of you know do I hurt let down the team and myself from a compensation standpoint, or do I go take this vacation? Mm-hmm. And so we um, have created it where you know when people go on vacation, it does not tank our utilization. I mean, last week we were expecting something like ninety, and it ended up to be a hundred. And we said, oh, yeah, Eric took vacation this week. So it actually helped in utilization because yeah. he wasn't, didn't have a project uh-huh. on the horizon. It also encourages when people are off projects mm-hmm. and they have PTO built up to go take that PTO. Uh-huh. Because you can, when you're not assigned to a project, get that done. And then that keeps the utilization up. Yep. And it keeps us from building up a lot of PTO where people are getting out of balance because... They never take that time to take the PTO. I can never, you know, get that opportunity to do it because I'm going to let down the team if I go take PTO. Mm-hmm. And the other um, thing that you mentioned, VTO, something that it's come through the, as you know, the Three Will Foundation mm-hmm. that you're leading up, and that Three Will Foundation. One aspect that we have is let's give back to the community, and that's volunteer time off, and it acts just like PTO. Mm-hmm. When you take that time off. It's like working for a day. It doesn't count against you. And so your utilization stays up when you take that time off. Mm-hmm. So it's really, um, you know, people even struggle taking that time off because when they're on a project, you always have that tension of, I don't want the project to fall behind. Mm-hmm. But we try to create um, kind of incentives that will lean towards a work-life balance. And we know we hire people that are driven. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to worry about kind of the, the stick mentality of driving people as much as let's give you that balance 
so you continue to stay driven and not get burned out. Nice. The thing I liked as well is is how things are set up around here with regards to sprints and capacity on sprints. So like if you know you're going to take some time off, they know not to, to assign you, you know, what can't get done within those two weeks. And I like the whole idea of, of capacity and seeing what the team can do. And, and it's almost like we've got this built-in mechanism to not overcommit ourselves on projects. Yeah, it, it's beautiful because you can get into a situation where you overcommit. Yeah. And then that two-week sprint, by the end of it, it was tough. You maybe put in a lot of extra effort to get there. Maybe you just didn't get there. Yeah. And now you go into the next sprint. You can recommit. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I pulling into the sprint based on what I've learned from the past? Mm-hmm. And what types of adjustments do I need to make? And then some of those adjustments are, you know, someone needs to take a day off. You know, something's coming up personal. You know, someone, there's a funeral. You, know, mm-hmm. you can't control those things. As they come up, you go into the next sprint, you can plan for those things. You can say, I'm going to have less capacity from the team. So let's not overcommit and create uh, an undue stress to the team when we know we only have this capacity. Mm-hmm. It's not. I just I think that that really helps because there there will be times uh, stressful times on projects where just things need to get done, but we know we're not. It's not like a you know often in consulting you have death marches, which is you know the next six to nine months will be horrible and everybody, you know, the team knows it and everybody, it's just sort of this thing you get. And I, I, I like it that we're not, you know, we don't commit ourselves to things like yeah, that. Yeah. I think we're very good about avoiding death marches. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think it's our attitude. I think it is our methodology. And we've been in a lot of situations where it can naturally lead to a death march. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you just have to be brave enough to, you know, make the right decisions along the way. And in our culture and our process, I think encourages us to you know, make those tough decisions so mm-hmm. we don't create a death march situation. One of the things that I really love that um, Bruce focuses in on when he's putting together product backlogs is, is making sure we have the acceptance criteria. Again, I think a large part of this, of the issues that people run into are either making vague commitments or not really being upfront about what they're doing, what, what is success on a, on a project or in a sprint. And um, he takes the time to go in and make sure we have acceptance criteria. Acceptance criteria for folks who are not familiar with Scrum, it's basically saying you, you write a requirement, uh, typically in the f- uh, form of a user story, and you say, if I've done this, this is um, acceptable to both sides as far as what this sh- what should happen. So it's sort of something where you're you're saying, well, if this is done properly, this we you and I can both sit down and look at this and say, yes, we've delivered this. Um, the reason why I like that is because it, it just it's uh, you mentioned this as we were talking earlier. It's begin with the end in mind. It's talking about what is what is what is, if I'm going to do this thing, what is success for getting this one user story done? Right. And I think, you know, keeping a work-life balance, a key aspect of that is being good about setting expectations. Yeah. Um, Setting realistic expectations that um, we can meet or exceed. And that keeps the relationship going with our clients. It also helps our our teams not get out of balance Mm -hmm. um, because there's, you know, implicit expectations that we really don't know and we're figuring them out along the way. 
and we're, there's always a little bit more, a little bit more, versus saying, okay, this is our goal, and let's achieve that goal. If we want to go after a new goal after that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That might require different resources, maybe more time, more more budget, but let's achieve the goal that we set out to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think what we're finding, and I don't want to go too far down the process route, but that's fine it always leads to to go that way Uh, it's fine with me i I brought up the dirty word so you can continue to go i I think we're moving towards doing more envisioning type engagements and it seems a little counter to agile um, but what i think it does is that one it blows out more detail around what is the goal Mm -hmm. um, and not getting into the nitty-gritty you know, wasting, you know, detailed design around something that you really don't need to go that far until you get to the point of you're going after it in a sprint. But when we do these envisioning engagements, one, it builds a relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it gives us an understanding of what's important and, um, you know, it allows us to get um, what those expectations are. And that way we can go into a project um, really setting ourselves up to, you know, exceed expectations. Otherwise, there's a little bit more of a, a shot in the dark. Now, our agile estimations, I think, have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, you get something where the customer, you know, not intentionally, but just doesn't show you all the detail. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, estimate it based on what you see. And if you do that in like a a couple hours of exposure to the business problem, um, you're at risk of missing some things. So we're starting to think more about what is that small, really fixed cost, so there's low risk investment from the customer for us to work together to set those goals Mm -hmm. of what is success. Mm -hmm. Austin and I, we're not running sprints, so we're not quite there yet. But we are doing daily stand-ups, and that helps for us to adjust a little bit. I think it's been a. I've been throwing a lot of things at them, and we're you know we're seeing what sticks, what doesn't stick. But for in order for us to make some of the adjustments, we're just getting together and doing daily stand-ups, and that's. I think it's helping us. It's mm-hmm. sort of keeping us. You know, we have some overall goals for this internship, but then sort of tracking along the way it's nice to do the stand-up where you're getting together and sort of talking about what happened yesterday and we both look at each other like i know i worked hard yesterday but i can't remember <laughs> what happened yesterday and but i think if, to me the important part is talking about what you're doing you know what are you doing in the next 24 hours as well right. it's just taking a, a little bit of forethought and saying you know what marketing's tough because you're not sure what you know where you're going to get the most value out of what you do next and so you you're sort of weighing a bunch of different options out there and i think the two of us just sort of talking through well i can focus in on this and i'll go after this and uh, has helped us out as well i think expectation expectation wise and it and uh we may add some other scrum stuff into our stuff, maybe. I now, do you, do you actually stand up during your we, stand-ups? Do we stand up, Austin? We do stand up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to go teach the delivery team about standing uh, up. <laughs> uh, well, I think, I mean, a lot of this original idea with the lifestyle business came from you and I, you know, early conversations mm-hmm. where we were really challenging ourselves to say, hey, can we... We love what we do at work. It keeps it's we're we're very passionate about what we do at work, but we wanted to at the end um, of this all to have also 
a great relationship with our wives, a great relationship with our children, and not miss it, miss the important things in life. Right. And so I think that's a large part of, of why we're trying to create this lifestyle business. It leads to us, because I think because of the choices that we've made, we're at a point where, uh, you know, we've been in business for 15 years. We're a 30-person company. We've got just the greatest people who work here. I love the people that we're able to work with. But we're not huge, and that's I think that's a part of you know some of the decisions that we made. Where and that doesn't that doesn't drive us. I mean, it's more of what is the environment around here than how many people we hired last month. Yeah, and I, also I get a kick out of the thing, the companies we work with, and yeah. the type of work that we do is at, at such a large scale. Yeah, um, we go into organizations and do things at you know, the large Fortune 100 companies that these large consulting companies can't do at the level of success yeah. that we have. So that, that's exciting to me. I think, um, you know, it's a little bit of the minimalist mm-hmm. a- attitude, you know, kind of less is more. And, and I think when we do have such a really tight team, um, we can go in with confidence that we've got an A team every time yeah. we go in. And, yeah. and that's... That gives you less stress, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually having breakfast with Bruce this morning. We, we do, you know, kind of a, um, when he's in town every once in a while, we'll go out and, and catch up. I'm, you know, I'm sponsoring Bruce and, and uh, just there to, you know, make sure we take some time to just talk because we have mm-hmm. a lot of work that we do day to day. And we were just reflecting on, you know, what we like about Three Will. And it, it really has been, um, you know, people caring mm-hmm. and just people that get the job done. And we always feel that, um, you know, we, we don't go into projects worrying about do we have a team that can be successful because mm-hmm. we have such great people. And that um, is very, uh, gives a lot of job satisfaction. And um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think from a work-life balance, um, the thing that we give back to the people at Three Wall is we're not putting them in a situation where they're gonna regret I didn't take time to be a part of whatever is my personal life. Yeah. If that's a family, if that's friends, whatever that is, that um, we didn't create a situation where they could not do that. And to be able to run a business and have people that get uh, a good, you know, compensation, a good work environment, and they can be connected outside of work. Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, gosh, that's so much better than being, you know, running a business that we get to the size of Accenture. Um, I, I, see, I see more success. I see more fulfillment mm-hmm. out of that. And, um, and, and I, I don't want, and I think, you know, we're both like this. We do not want to look back and say, oh, we did this professionally, but we have a really messed up personal life. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, has their struggle. No one has a perfect personal life, but um, it's hard enough to do it without having a work situation that pulls you in and doesn't give you that opportunity to at least try. Yeah. And we want to give everybody at Thrill that opportunity of you can come in and work your butt off and really do a great bang up job, do some awesome things, uh-huh. and 
Yeah. You can have a, a personal life where you actually make an impact on your family and your community. And um, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I know you're proud of that. Absolutely. One last thing, and I think you and I could probably talk for a while about this subject. It's been a great subject. Mm-hmm. Um, is you mentioned sponsors, and how does that fit into this? Was um, you know the, the the idea of sp- sponsors? I think came from the both of us from some of your interactions at WL Gore. Um, mm-hmm. Came from I, when I worked at Intel, I had a sponsor, and I it, it was really a, it was it was a different concept than than this whole manager concept. How does that fit into making sure that people are um, to this whole idea of a lifestyle business? Yeah, I think it fits into a lot of aspects. And as it relates to lifestyle, um, it's the culture. I think it supports the culture of we want people to choose to succeed. This whole free will thing, Uh that's an important shared value for us. Um, we want an environment that people are self-motivated that will um, just naturally choose to um, do the right things. And in a boss environment, in a highly hierarchical structured environment, um, you tend to back off uh, on that free will aspect in, in mm-hmm. the way you run your business. And so having kind of an upside down type of approach in terms of how we structure people leading other people, um, having sponsors al- allows us to um, help people be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think it's a culture aspect. You know, work-life balance, I don't know if it really, quote, impacts that, mm-hmm. but as it relates to, um, you know, feeling like I come into work and I don't have anyone kind of telling me something to do, more of an autonomous type environment. We attract people in our type of work. We're problem solvers, and we don't want things to get in the way to that problem solving. There's enough challenges Mm -hmm. at our clients' environments that we don't need to add any more of that barrier to be successful. I know for me as a sponsor, I feel like one of my roles as a sponsor is almost like an accountability partner for mm-hmm. making sure that they're not that they're staying balanced in their life. That's is that true. There, is that's that you know true. we're just sort of um, I'm fortunate enough to sponsor Kirk, and you know there's times in which he's you know he, uh, he he's very passionate, very uh, just he's one of the hardest working hardest here. working yeah. people here, and you know I just want to I you know when I check in with him, I just want to make sure hey are you. Uh, not making sure you're over committing to things and making sure you're not working too many late nights and you know there there's th- stresses that come on to projects but I that, think that is that's well. very true and I think that's a common conversation yep. with sponsors and the people they sponsor is you know how are you doing are you keeping that balance um, because if you encourage and hire people that are self motivated they naturally will put themselves out of balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they wanted to achieve at work. Mm -hmm. This is great. Having a great culture starts with you, and you've done a lot to create this environment in here, and I really appreciate all that you've done to make sure we stay true to what what we say, and um, it's... it's, uh, this is great being in a lifestyle business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it really is. No, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Well, thank you everybody for taking the time to listen. This one went, went a little bit long, but it's a—if you can't tell—it's a subject we're pretty passionate about. But uh, 
Uh, thank you, Tommy, again for taking the time to You're do welcome. this. Thank you, Dan. You betcha. Everybody, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.